Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Wednesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS is number to jump on in. 855-212-4227. You can always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Got Moist Mike and Stuart Kovacs here with me, rocking and rolling all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Coming up 20 minutes from now from the Longhorn Network. Also Sirius XM college football analyst Fozzie Whitaker will join us as the final college football playoff rankings before the one that actually do matter came on out last night. So we'll react to all that and also preview Texas's Big 12 championship game up against Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State. And then in the final hour of the show at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific, Mike, the situation from the famous Jersey Shore uh, show. Uh, that's a tongue twister. Jersey Shore show. Uh, we'll stop by and uh, join us in studio. He actually has a book out. Uh, so we'll talk to him about overcoming addiction uh, coming up later on in the show. So a whole lot to do today. But we got to start with, I guess he could say this is some pretty big news. And that is that Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have activated his return-to-play window of 21 days. So if you don't know how this works, Rodgers was put on IR. He was designated to be able to return. No one thought 79 days ago when he tears his Achilles that Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity to come on back for the JTS Jets, Jets, Jets this year. But now he is allowed to be on the practice field, and they have 21 days to determine if he's going to be elevated to the active roster, to the 53-man roster. That could happen at any time. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen 21 days from now. But if it does not happen 21 days from now, his season is officially over. 
So I'll give you the immediate reaction right out of the gate. This would be the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the history of the NFL if Aaron Rodgers steps back foot on an NFL field this year. It would make absolutely, positively zero sense. The Jets are 4-7. and seven. The reporting, if you go back to Ian Rappaport a few weeks ago, that he's targeting that Sunday, December 24th game against the Commanders to make his triumphant return. The Jets the next three weeks play Atlanta, they play Houston, and they play Miami. They should lose all three of those games. Even if they win one of those games, at that stage of the season, they would have nine losses. The Jets right now are four and seven. Even if they take two out of three here, the Jets would be sitting at six and eight. You're telling me the Jets, who have been synonymous with dumb decision after dumb decision, when you have seen now Aaron Rodgers heal as quick as any human being known to man with this Achilles tear, you're telling me the Jets are going to risk putting him on the field for the final three games of the season behind a putrid offensive line and also with nothing to play for? Does anyone actually buy that? No, I know Aaron Rodgers loves to have his name in the news. I know Aaron Rodgers loves to be part of the conversation and be the biggest topic of the conversation. But there is a difference in trying to get back and then actually getting back. And I know Rodgers goes on McAfee yesterday and he talks about how well he's feeling and there's multiple factors that play into this decision. And one of them is the team has to have a shot. And say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether you believe in some of the theories he puts out there or the craziness with the the ayahuasca and, and the cave and the darkness retreat and all that, whatever you say, Aaron Rodgers in some capacity is a smart man. And Aaron Rodgers knows he doesn't have that much football left in him. But the Jets next year, assuming they improve their offensive line in this offseason, the Jets have a shot next year. I don't know if they'll win a Super Bowl, but the Jets next year should be a playoff team and should be a team that you're not going to want to face in the postseason because the Jets have a dominant defense. They have a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, who I feel really bad for this year. Like, we were talking about Garrett Wilson, who had an awesome first year coming out of Ohio State, playing for the Jets with no quarterback. He gets Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers saying he reminds him a lot of another 17 he played with. That's Devontae Adams. People are talking about Garrett Wilson being a 15, 16, 17, 1,800-yard wide receiver, having a pro ball season, an all-pro season. And now he's in the same boat as last year, where we know he has the ability. We know he could put up the prodigious stats, but he can't reach his full potential when Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle, Pat Boyle, Tim Boyle, Pat Boyle, I think he holds shows around here, or Trevor Simeon is the quarterback. You just can't succeed when you have incompetent quarterback play. You could have some good individual moments, but you won't reach your ceiling all the way up here without a really damn good quarterback. And you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in your building who's only getting older. And could you imagine... It would be so Jet-like, and this would be horrible to see. Let me be clear. When I'm saying this, it doesn't mean I'm rooting for this to happen. But it would be very Jet-like. They put Rodgers on the field for the final three games of the season, which are absolutely meaningless. When the team's going to already have eight or nine losses, if not more than that. 
and you're going to put him on the field for the Commanders, the Browns, on a short week. Remember, that's the other thing no one's talking about. He goes back for that Commanders game, plays on that Sunday. Then they play up against the Browns in Cleveland on Thursday. And then you wrap up the season with the Patriots on that Sunday, January 7th. You're going to put a quarterback who's up there in age, maybe only has a year or two left on the field with no offensive line and no hope to get to the playoffs. You know what's going to happen. You are asking. You are begging. You are imploring the sports gods to have Aaron Rodgers get injured again. That's what you're hoping for. Like, that's what you're asking for. And that's a real thing that you got to think about. And I usually don't sit here and say, uh, let's be afraid. Let's be extra careful. Let's be extra cautious. If the Jets had a shot, if the Jets had a legitimate chance to go do something this year, and Roger says he's good to go and he's cleared, I wouldn't be saying a damn word. But when you are not ready, when your offensive line is trash and you have no hope to go make the playoffs or go make a run in the playoffs, it would be one of the more pointless things I've ever, and I mean ever, have seen an NFL team do. And that would be the worst thing in the world if, God forbid, he goes in front of that garbage offensive line that's like a turnstile in Penn Station before COVID, and you put him on that field, and he suffers an elbow injury or a shoulder injury or an ACL injury after doing the quickest recovery from a torn Achilles ever. So I understand what Roger's doing today. He's proven a point. He's keeping his name in the news. He has somehow miraculously, even as uh, inconceivable as it seems, has been able to get back with the team and activate this 21-day window. But I don't buy for a damn second that he's going to be playing in a game this year. And he does that, and he steps foot on the field. I know people are going to say, what a remarkable recovery. Oh, what an insane, speedy recovery. Good for Aaron. He didn't just listen to what the doctor said, and he found a way to fight through with the positive mentality, blah, 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 and now he's playing in a game. He's not going to be 100%. And you're asking him to basically run for his life behind an offensive line that is horrible? Like, I know we all like to pile on Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is a bad quarterback. When I went to that Jet Chargers game, because a buddy of mine wanted to go to the game and he made me uh, get him tickets and, and drag me there with him. When we went to that game, I walked away from that game and I know how bad Zach Wilson is, right? That ship has already sailed. But you could walk away from that game and talk about like three other areas that were worse than Zach Wilson. How many times the receivers dropped the football? Another being that offensive line. And Zach Wilson was running for his life. Now, Zach Wilson's not a good quarterback. But nothing has changed on the offensive line from then until now that makes me feel comfortable with Aaron Rodgers for three games left in the season getting behind this offensive line. And don't give me this crap of, oh, he needs to build team chemistry. You have all offseason to build team chemistry. They have built some team chemistry this past offseason. And also, Aaron Rodgers is basically the de facto general manager. There's guys that are only on the Jets who shouldn't be on the Jets that they're there because they know Aaron Rodgers. And maybe more will follow this year. You know the Jets are going to try everything in their power they already have to go land Devontae Adams. I guarantee you David Bakhtiari next year 
is probably playing at left tackle or on the offensive line somewhere for the New York Jets. But we should not see Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform on the field until 2024. Because all you're doing is asking for problems. You are playing with fire, and I just hope when you play with that fire in the final three weeks of the season, you don't get burnt. Because that would be such a level of incompetence and gross incompetence and such a level of frustration and and just being idiotic to a level that we've never seen if, God forbid, he gets back on the field in a unnecessary, meaningless final three weeks and he suffers an injury. And I'm not even a Jet fan telling you this. Imagine being a Jet fan, and I'm sure there'll be some Jet fans. I'll be like, yeah, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jet up. Oh, yeah, we're all fired up. Rodgers coming back. Reason to watch the team for the final three weeks of the season. You're that Jets fan. You're a sycophant. You're that Jets fan. You're an idiot. You're that Jet fan. You're a moron. You're that Jet fan. You're a dope. The smart Jet fan says, Aaron, we love you. Aaron, we appreciate you. We are really inspired by your miraculous, quick, speedy recovery. We are so fired up for you to be the quarterback of the Jets next year. But we got to do what's in the best interest of you. We got to make sure, because I think Douglas and Saul will be back, that the two of them beef up this offensive line this offseason. Get you another wide receiver. And we'll we'll, we'll see you next year. You want to come back? We appreciate the effort. But what are you playing for? Come on, Aaron. You shouldn't step on that field. And down deep, even when you hear it a little bit this week on McAfee, I think Rodgers knows there is a fine line that he's playing. And I think he knows there's a difference in saying, I'm feeling good. Look at the way that I'm walking. Look at the way that I'm throwing the football before the game. I'm back with the team. I'm practicing with the team. I'm gearing myself up to play. But then there's a difference in saying, I am Playing. I am on the active roster. I am getting on a football field where somewhere else could tackle me over the course of 60 minutes. And down deep, I would like to think, and I do think, that Aaron Rodgers knows that even though there may be like a little voice in his head, you have the, the devil and you have the angel. And the angel's saying, just wait until 2024. And then you got the devil saying, Return, return, Aaron. We need you on the field. 2023, here we come. Let's go. Jet up. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I would like to think that Aaron Rodgers goes, Devil, be quiet. Devil, shut up. Devil, stop talking. Devil, you're an idiot. That's what I would like to think happened. Because I would be irate. Even though it would be crazy and I couldn't believe it. I would be irate if you see him on the field this year. Because it don't make any damn sense. And I think Rodgers realizes this, where you put yourself in the media, you get stroked a little bit, everyone sucks up to you, everyone says, oh, this is amazing, oh, this is wonderful. Look what he did in this recovery. But we don't need to see the end result of the recovery until 2024. So should Aaron Rodgers play in a game for the Jets this season? That's the question, 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It's also the poll question, which you can find on my social media page on X or Twitter, whatever we call it this, these days, at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. We'll also get it up on CBS Sports Radio's Twitter page as well. Should Aaron Rodgers play in a game for the Jets this season? Early, 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 super duper early returns. 
23.4% say yes. 76.6% know what they're talking about, and they say no. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. Is Texas going to make the college football playoff? Former Longhorn, now part of the Longhorn Network, Fozzie Whitaker, will join us on the Zach Gelb Show next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Conference championship weekend is almost here. And how about the Texas Longhorns? They'll play for the Big 12 championship game and then have to hope they'll get into the college football playoff. Because who the heck knows what's going to happen to determine who will be the final four teams. Let's go out to the guest line right now and welcome in a Longhorn. He's a part of the Longhorn Network and is also a phenomenal analyst for Sirius XM. And that's my man, Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie, always great to see you. Appreciate the time. How you been? Man, I've been well, Zach. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. Uh, I'm kind of in a weird little room right now, so if I echo... Don't blame me because I'm trying to figure it out myself. But, man, I've been great. Longhorn's been winning. So uh, that's been making me feel better as is as well. We were all trying to figure out what this team was going to be this year. I picked them to win the Big 12 before the start of the season. A lot of people were a little skeptical if Texas would match the hype that was surrounding this team to now be in the Big 12 championship game, be a big favorite up against Oklahoma State. Just what's been the vibe around the team following it throughout the entire season? Well, I think skepticism was the right word whenever you start talking about what this Texas team has been really over the past decade, right? You look at the Charlie Strong era, obviously the end of the Matt Brown era even before that, but Charlie Strong, and then you go into the Tom Herman era, and then even the first season uh, for Steve Sarkeesian, five and seven, and last year, eight and five, skepticism was always apparent, and Texas fans have been down this road every single season. They find a way to get up before the season starts. They experience some wins, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to hit the we're back conversation, right? We've heard that time and time again, and everybody wants to say, okay, this Texas team does look good. And then all of a sudden, they stumble, lose to an Oklahoma State, or they lose to a Kansas State, or lose to Iowa State, lose to Baylor, whatever the case may be. Insert Big 12 team where Texas has lost and stumbled along the way. 
And then ultimately, that's kind of defined who Texas was as a program over the past 12, 13 years. And you look at where this Texas team started off, the expectation that you mentioned, first time being uh, ranked by the preseason media poll as the number one team in the conference since 2009, whenever they actually won it. And it was a little bit of a different hype surrounding this Texas team, right? You got one of the best quarterbacks that came in from Ohio State transfer last year, Quinn Ewers, as an ultimate recruit, right? You had Malik Murphy, which wasn't being talked about a ton. And then you just brought in one of the youngest hotshot guys with the best smoking last name in Arch Manning coming into that staff. You look at that room, man, the competition was there. Then you got a guy like Xavier Worthy, he was coming back. One of Texas's all-time leading receivers in multitude of categories. You bring in a guy like Adonai Mitchell, who's been able to perform in big-time games. And then to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, the emergence of those two guys, the duo that they have on the interior defensive line. It's been unbelievable to watch the culture change, to watch the mentality shift from where Texas has been to where they are now. And it all started with Steve Sarkeesian's first year and how he just kept grinding away. And you can see the same way he was grinding away at the culture and the mentality of this Texas team is the same way that skepticism kept being grounded away from a lot of Texas fans in the Austin area and across the country, right? It started scooping away, all right? You beat some of your old Big 12 rivals, some of your Big 12 foes, Baylor, right? Baylor's had your number a couple of seasons ago. You beat them. Kansas State has had their number. You beat them. Uh, you look at Kansas. They beat them two years ago, right? Kansas beating Texas, all right? You finally avenged that loss. You look at Iowa State. Iowa State has had their number a couple of times as well. And Texas avenges that loss. And you look at who they are right now and the opportunity that they have in the Big 12 championship game to play against Oklahoma State, who's also generally has had Texas number over the past decade. And it sets up like a poetic justice type of matchup. It almost looks like it's uh, a reality TV show, the way that it's playing out. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian has this team believing. Uh, and ultimately, that belief has spread into the Austin area and Texas fans alike as they're sitting 11-1, haven't been in this position in a very long time. Fozzie Whitaker here with us. Where's your confidence level that they won't stumble this weekend up against Gundy's Oklahoma State team? My confidence level is sitting pretty high. I know Mike Gundy and that Oklahoma State football team, they're a good team, right? They've experienced some adversity early on, losing back-to-back -back games against North, uh, South Alabama and then losing against Iowa State. And then they found a way to just win. And by any means necessary, they were able to put it together. You got the nation's leading rusher, Ollie Gordon II, playing at a, at a an inhumane type of level right now. Like he is not human. Dude's playing on a superhero type level. If you start talking about him and the things that he's doing this season, and you see some of the records that he's been able to be associated with, that name being Barry Sanders, then that means this guy is doing something in an immaculate way. So Mike Gundy over the course of his tenure at Oklahoma State, knows how to win. He's been the, the best coach in the Big 12 uh, over the past few seasons as far as what he's been able to navigate his team through. Um, and he's going to throw the kitchen sink at this Texas team. It's a perfect example of Texas has everything to lose. Uh, and, and Mike Gundy, he's like, we don't have nothing to lose, right? And we might as well just throw out the kitchen sink. And Texas is the one that, that you feel like they should come in uh, double-digit favorite uh, in, in some of the, the Vegas uh, betting odds. And then you look at Oklahoma State, they're like, oh, just don't pay attention to us. Poor little old us. 
We only just won nine games and uh, found a way to get into the championship game when nobody counted on us. Uh, and ultimately, it's going to be a dogfight in my mind. But my confidence is high. The way Steve Sarkeesian has gotten this team to be able to rally from some of the deficits that they were facing, some of the adversity that this Texas team has gone through, winning the close games, finding a way to win. That had been the Achilles heel. It was like Texas would get up and then somehow they would squander the lead and find a way to lose. Right. Or Texas would start off slow and then ultimately not make a play at the end of the game that resulted in another loss. And we've seen that over the past decade. But Steve Sarkeesian has found a way to get this team to win. And they're three and one in one score possession games this season. And that's the difference maker. Right. You found a way to close out games by any means necessary, whether you lose a lead, whether you pull it out late, whether you just blow them out by 50 points like we saw last Friday. This Texas team has found a way to win in a multitude and a variety of ways. And I think ultimately that brings my confidence level high as they are preparing for another opportunity to kind of showcase their last ditch effort of leaving the Big 12 and hopefully riding out on a high note with the Big 12 championship. Fozzie Whitaker, what would you say they went on Saturday? They're a one loss Big 12 champ. Only loss was to a close margin by Oklahoma. And then come Sunday, they're not one of the four teams remaining in the college football playoff. What would you say to that? <laughs> the first thing I would say was don't lose, right? Ultimately, you're in control of your own fate. You're in control of your own destiny. And there are a lot of Texas fans that probably don't want to hear that. And I understand. But, but if they win, do you think they're automatically in? losses? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, you, you look at the other Power Five conferences and, and the champions of those if the ones that are currently in position stay undefeated, then you already got your top four, right? Yeah. Florida State, you're looking at Michigan, you're looking at uh, Georgia, and you're looking at Washington. Those are the, the undefeateds right now. If they stay undefeated, then you don't have a leg to stand on from the standpoint of you had your chance, you lost, and you weren't able to come out on top, and you'll be one or the second best one-loss team that is sitting there on the outside looking in. If we go over all the other different scenarios, you could probably look at the one that's probably most straightforward for most Texas fans to believe in and could possibly happen is Texas fans got to be Louisville fans right now. They pulling Absolutely. out all the Lamar Jackson jerseys. <laughs> They're pulling out everything that they can go Cardinals, whatever you want to say. That's what Texas fans are saying. They need them to upset Florida State. And ultimately, I think that's the cleanest path to allow Texas to be one of the four teams to compete for the uh, for the national championship by making the CFP in those top four. Uh, you kind of believe that a, a Pac-12 team is going to get in. They've been ranked. Both of those teams have been ranked ahead of Texas all season long. So they'll probably stay there. Same way with the SEC. Right. you got to believe that. Georgia is going to stay there. If Alabama wins, there's a different conversation. Well, that's the big one because you, you guys see. beat them by yeah. 10 points in Tuscaloosa. And this is what that's I'll say, Fozzie Whitaker. I understand right now it's Texas 7, Alabama 8. You know this. Alabama's a one-loss SEC champ. I have a tough time seeing the committee leaving them out, and this could be some real chaos that happens. They wouldn't, they wouldn't leave them out. You know, I think, and, and this is a probably a crazy scenario, but I think it'd be more – likely to happen that Georgia would be left out as crazy as it seems as a one loss non-conference champion versus Texas. And I, I could see a pathway where Texas 
and Alabama get into the playoffs with the one loss, even though Georgia only faced the one loss in the conference championship game. So I could see a pathway there. Uh, I, I don't Michigan. Iowa, I don't expect much to happen there. Uh, uh, but you never know. That's why the games are played, right? You never know. But I, I, I fully, probably ninety nine point nine percent expect Michigan to win that game. Yeah, so, Michigan may have the uh, same amount so of points as as punts that uh, <laughs> that Iowa has. I, I would think the numbers would be comparable. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, it's a lot of different scenarios. Ultimately, Texas needs to win. Let everything else unfold itself. You can't worry about anything but what you can control and what you can handle. And that's probably the same message that Steve Sarkeesian is telling his group of guys, especially the leaders, guys like Jordan Whittington, Quinn Ewers, Tavondre Sweat, you know, Byron Murphy, guys that get their last chance to play in a Big 12 game. Um, that That's the message, right? Handle what you can control. Let everything else sort itself out and ultimately go put your best foot forward. And that's all you can do. Taking the Longhorn hat off, Fozzie Whitaker. You got to tell me who you uh-huh. think the four teams are remaining on Sunday. Who do you think gets the invite? I ultimately think it'll be Georgia still staying at number one. I think it'll be Michigan at number two. I think it'll be Florida State as the third unbeaten at number three. Um, This is where it gets tricky, right? The Washington-Oregon game, um, it it can go either way. And I, 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 I know the point spread is way high in Oregon's favor, but I just cannot take out of my mind that these two teams have played also, Washington has found a way to win gritty games. Now, it's not the way that you want to. Oregon's been unblemished since their loss to Washington. They've looked really good. I'm not taking that away. I just I, I side with people knowing how to get a win in a multitude of ways, and Washington has been able to do that. And so ultimately, I think on Friday night, they prevail. Michael Penix Jr. puts on one of his best performances and I think it's the four undefeated teams playing in the CFP. That's probably what the Boo Corrigan and the CFP committee want to hear, too, to make their jobs easier, not have to turn it into a, a calculus program, trying to figure out which one lost team deserves to be in there, which one lost team is going to be in there or is the best, right? That's the conversation in and of itself, most deserving versus best team. Uh, but for me, man, I see it playing out as the undefeateds are right now. I think it stays that way. And those top four teams will make it to the CFP. I got to ask you one question for next year with Texas. It looks like, I know nothing's official yet. There was a report a few weeks ago, and then it was refuted that Quinn Ewers is going to come back. If Quinn Ewers comes back, what happens with Arch Manning next year? I think Arch Manning still stays. Uh, The reason why is because everything that I've seen of him, everything that I've heard of him is it's okay to continue to get better while you're not necessarily the starter. I think the bigger conversational topic goes around Malik Murphy. That's a guy that I don't think stays around because Texas fan base got a little taste of arch, right? They got a glimpse. And it was because Malik Murphy got hurt and inadvertently got rolled up on the sideline against Texas Tech last Friday. He's not available to play. You see the insertion of Arch Manning. And he made some plays. It wasn't like this, oh, he's about to win the Heisman type of plays. But you could see the potential and the ability that he possesses. And he has that wow factor about himself, not to mention he's a little more athletic than his uncles as far as running the ball as well. So that adds to uh, a bit of that wow factor that he possesses. But I don't ultimately think it changes anything if Quinn Ewers comes back. I think the belief that, you know, Mr. Manning, Cooper Manning, Arch Manning, 
Archie, man, all of the Manning family household have in the decision making that allowed Arch to get to the University of Texas was in what Steve Sarkeesian was building and how well Steve Sarkeesian has been able to develop quarterbacks over their tenure at a school, not necessarily because it's just one season, but over the course of two, three, four seasons at that university. And I think that's ultimately the bigger picture of where Arch Manning wants to be with this Texas program, especially going into the SEC, a perfect opportunity to continue to develop. And we know, like every quarterback in every Power Five conference, there have been injuries. Football is a arduous sport. I mean, we look at Jordan Travis a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, and terrible. Hopefully a speedy recovery for him, but injuries happen. Quinn Ewers, this is the second year straight he hasn't been able to finish the entire season without missing time. So if, if there's any opportunity to be able to realize your potential on the field during a season, you're, you're one play away as the backup quarterback. So I think that's why Arch Manning stays. I think the faith and the belief that he has in Steve Sarkeesian will remain true. Um, and he'll still be a part of this Texas football team next season. I don't know if I can say the same about Malik Murphy, though. Last thing I'll ask you, I got to just uh, factor in one NFL question here. One of our uh, great fans, uh, Brian, is a big Panthers fan. He remembers you from your days with the Carolina Panthers. How much you've been following what's going on with your pro football team as David Tepper just keeps on uh, firing coaches uh, left and right <laughs> and has absolutely zero patience. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm trying to cross that out of my mind because that's not <laughs> the Carolina Panther program that I was a part of. That's not the franchise uh, that I was able to help build and reach the Super Bowl with. And ultimately, man, it's just been agony. And, and obviously, he can attest to it being a Panther fan. He's seen the ups and Carolina is going through the lows right now. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, you, you, you hire a phenomenal staff that you think on paper should work out. You think they would have more success than one and 10 at this moment in the football season. And David Tepper says, not, nah, not happening. He gets rid of him mid season. First year, Deuce Staley is out as well as the uh, uh, associate head coach and running back coach. Uh, and it's just unfortunate. You can't build stability uh, by not creating a stable environment. And I think that's where we look at how the organization has fared since the firing of Ron Rivera uh, and ultimately, I, I think that decision probably has backfired a little on David Tepper as he's trying to find the right mixture of group of guys to help lead this organization. Uh, the timing couldn't be even more worse. What they gave up to be able to draft Bryce Young, what C.J. Stroud is doing right now probably motivated uh, Mr. Tepper to make the decision that he did in the middle of the season to fire his staff um, in the manner that he did. But ultimately, um, it, it's some growing pains that they're going to have to fight through. They're going to have to find some consistency and continuity in order to get back to the level of degree that that we got to see them whenever I played there. Right. You got to find that franchise piece. Um, and it's going to be a rebuilding phase for the next couple of seasons, most likely. Um, and ultimately, whenever you get the right group of guys in, you can feel the difference. It's the same way with Texas football right now. Right. It's it been a carousel of coaches. You had seen the culture not where it needed to be. And then ultimately, you got the right guy in, Steve Sarkeesian. It took now year number three for Sark to be able to experience that. You, you see a similar type of progression happen in the NFL where the guys got to be married to the coaches. The coaches got to be married to the guys. And that relationship has to flow hand in hand. And ultimately, 
David Tepper hasn't been able to find that consistent relationship between coach and players. Uh, he's going to need that if he wants this program and franchise to be successful. Fozzie Whitaker, always great conversations whenever we get you on. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy the football as well. It is going to be a weekend to remember. So much is on the line. I'm excited for it this weekend. No doubt about it. And Hook'em, of course, will be supporting the Texas Longhorns this weekend for our pal Fozzie Whitaker. That, of course, Fozzie Whitaker does a great job. Longhorn Network, also Sirius XM analysts as well. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Let's take a break. We'll come on back when we do return. We have must-listen-to audio that you got to hear from Tyreek Hill. You don't want to miss that. Update time first. Here he is, the act man, Rich Ackerman. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, it is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Um, I got to play you this audio from Tyreek Hill. You're going to hear it, and you're going to say, huh? Like, really? He just said this? But this is Tyreek Hill on CBS Sports Network when he was asked, can the Miami Dolphins win the Super Bowl? Of course, man. Um, we got the We got the perfect team to do it. Like, the way we practice, like, the way um, we play for one another – is is something that I've never seen before in a team. Like, I won a Super Bowl, and I feel like this is probably the the better team oh, than man. when we won a Super Bowl back when I was on KC. Really? Ay, ay, ay. Tyree Kill is addicted to just trying to hype up the Dolphins, and in some way, in hyping up the Dolphins, trying to take shots at his old employer. But it's funny, when Tyree Kill saw Andy Reid on the field before the Dolphins-Chiefs game in Germany, it was all like, smoochy, smoochy, Andy Reid, you're the greatest, thanks so much for giving me the opportunity and standing by me, blah, 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 blah. You know, 15, I love you, all that stuff. So it first started with Tyree Kill when he first got to the Miami Dolphins. And part of it, I think, was being a good teammate. Like, that's the irony of it. But you could be a good teammate and not say something that's unnecessary or say something that's ridiculous when he was saying, oh, uh, Tua Tunga-Vailoa is the most accurate quarterback that I've ever played with. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't care what the stats say. If, if that's the... The big feather in the cap for Tua Tunga-Vailoa up against Mahomes is that Tyree Kill says, oh, you're more accurate than my old quarterback. All right, you want to make that comment? Fine. And he didn't say 
that Tua was better than Mahomes. He just said he was more accurate. But what does that mean when we all know if you shoot Tyree Kill up with truth serum and say, which quarterback would you rather play with? He would say Patrick Mahomes in a second compared to Tua Tunga-Vailoa. And I get what the Dolphins were in a calculated way trying to do um, that offseason or two offseasons ago because Brian Flores, as good of a head coach as he appeared to be in Miami and as good of a job that he did uh, or he's doing right now with the Minnesota Vikings as the defensive coordinator, the one egregious error he made was not embracing and going all in with the with the the cards that he was dealt and the hand that he was dealt with Tua Tungavailoa as his quarterback. And Mike McDaniel gets there right away, goes to Tua Tungavailoa's charity event. Uh, you know, you have Tyree Kill saying he's more accurate than Mahomes. But with all of that, we could take it with the massive grain of salt. And Tua has shown, when healthy, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's an MVP quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's an all-time great quarterback. But when he is healthy, he has the ability to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. Now, I will just say to Tyreek Hill, you think this team is better than the Kansas City team. He didn't just say offense. Like, you tell me just the offense, it's a different conversation. He said the team is better. So you're telling me that team is better. Who has Miami beat this year? And I'm not saying Miami's bad. Heck, I was on an island this year telling people the Miami Dolphins were going to win the AFC East this year. That was my pick before the start of the season. But Miami in their three biggest games of the year got smacked by an above-average Buffalo team this year. They lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And oh yeah, by the way, that Kansas City Chiefs team didn't score a point in the second half. And they still beat you by a touchdown. Where Tua Tunga-Vailoa with the game on the line trying to go tie up the game or get a touchdown and maybe go for two and win the game. On back-to-back plays, he lost the game where he significantly, not just underthrew, significantly underthrew Cedric Wilson Jr., who was wide open for an easy touchdown. And I think I said I, I got on the air the next day, I remember, and said, oh, that ball was like five yards short. And then Santa's like, what are you talking about? It was like 10, 15 yards short. I thought that maybe this was like Jerry's world in Germany where they had a big jumbotron and somehow, some way, Tua hit the jumbotron and then the ball just fell down. But then the next play, he tried to redeem himself and Tua dropped the snap, fumbled the ball, and they lost the game on that fourth down. So Tyree Kill is in his current situation. He's in his current environment. And I think, right, we've all changed jobs. We've all gone to new places. Sometimes they're actually better. Sometimes they're not. And the Miami Dolphins are in a really good spot. But Tyreek is just going out of his way. Where, Stu, play the audio again uh, just one more time. Uh, play this with Tyreek one more time before I, before I make my next point. Go ahead. Of course, man. Um, we, got the, we got the perfect team to do it. Like the way we practice, like the way... Um, we play for one another is is something that I've never seen before in a team. Like, I won a Super Bowl, and I feel like this is probably the the better team than when we won a Super Bowl back when I was on KC. All he needed to say when he was asked a simple question of, do you think this team could win a Super Bowl, was about the first six seconds of that answer. Yeah, I do. I know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. 
We have a heck of a team, and I look forward to showing that the rest of the season. But he can't help himself. And the 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 crazy part here is usually I just thought this was Tyree Kill trying to get a lot of pop and buzz for his podcast. It wasn't even on his podcast. You know, he says this on his podcast. I could just say, oh, I can do what everyone else does when, when they don't like one of my opinions. He's just doing this for clicks. He's just doing this for attention. He's just doing this for views and downloads and all that garbage that people send to me. At least I could have said that. This one's CBS Sports Network. Like, hey, we appreciate it at CBS Sports. We love that Tyreek Hill said these things. But I don't think anyone actually believes the Dolphins are winning the Super Bowl this year. Because the way I look at it right now, Eagles and 49ers, two best teams in the NFC. I think one of those teams will win the Super Bowl. And then in the AFC, even though Kansas City is vulnerable in offense, still trust them more than the Dolphins in a big game, and they already beat them. And I also trust the Ravens, assuming Lamar Jackson is able to stay healthy. So he could say those things. He's in a new job. He's trying to talk positively about his team and inspire uh, you know, the teammates of the confidence, especially after losing Jalen Phillips, which is such a big-time blow to the Dolphins because if, if they wanted to make the Super Bowl, they needed him to be playing at an elite high level and unfortunately uh, had the Achilles injury over the, uh, over the weekend, or that was on Black Friday, and now his season is over. So, Tyreek, you could say that this team is better than Kansas City at the end of the year. I would be shocked, really shocked. And I thought very highly of the Dolphins heading into this season. I still think they're a good team. My jaw would hit the floor, though. You're standing at the podium, and you're holding another shiny Lombardi trophy. And you don't do that, then there's no way you could actually say this Dolphins team is better than the Kansas City team that you won a Super Bowl with. The Kansas City team, by the way, then every game they played and they went down by double digits and then find a way to come back. And that shows the sign of a, of a ridiculously great team when they cannot even play their best brand of football and still find a way to get to the finish line and be the final team standing on top of the mountain. We'll take a break. We'll come on back when we return. So we'll take five wins. I give you my top five teams in the NFL and college football. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 